This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about you? Good. We've had a good week here, adding more and more programs to the network, uh, a bunch of other stuff that I always say when we start the show. We talk about Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> not, not, not YouTube uh, Prime, though. No, no, we're not on that yet. I'm not paying money to watch Cobra Kai Season 2. Sorry. Yeah, I have other ways that I can watch it, like uh, going out to my friend's house, let's say, who also yes. has Prime. Yes. So, uh, the news today. As as you guys know, the only, the only section that we do for you, although there is some stuff for us in here, too. <laughs> but... Uh, Ted and Bill, or Bill and Ted, I guess, if you want to be canonical, uh, has started filming. There's, uh, I've seen some pictures of them filming the movie. You know, these, these, these things come out all the time now. Photos of them on the set filming. And it's just... Wait, are you saying you got photos of the crew filming the movie? (laughs) Well, it's... That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it, it's it's pictures of the actors just, like, standing around. I mean, there's some crew behind them. But it's like, okay, I've seen a picture of Keanu Reeves before. Yep. <laughs> I never I never get these, uh, these photo things. The one uh, Alex Winter did post a picture of himself on Twitter with a shirt that says Wild Stallions on the back. So, I mean, I guess that's cool. I mean, it's good to uh, for him to you know have a picture of himself, a current one out there, just so they stop the uh, the search because people <laughs> thought he's been missing for thirty years. Yeah, no kidding. Poor Alex Winter. I think he's been doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he, yeah, he's done documentaries and stuff. I was just uh, being silly over here. <laughs> None of that on this show. We were never silly. Uh, but anyway, so have you heard about this? This is for the people, because I'll tell you how much I don't give a shit about this. Uh, For Amazon Prime Day, apparently they're having a concert with Taylor Swift for Amazon Prime Day. Uh. Yeah, that's kind of my, that's sort of my reaction as well. First of all, Amazon Prime Day, okay, fine. You know, a bunch of sales in the middle of July. And but a concert it's so weird. Apparently Yeah, I, I don't know. Is this like is it like live streamed on Amazon or something like that? I'm guessing, yeah, that that it's gonna be on Amazon Prime. I guess I should have read the story before I decided to report on it. But yeah, it's going to be streamed on Amazon, you know, the Prime app, and it's being hosted by Jane Lynch. Who apparently will do huh. anything for a paycheck nowadays? Yeah, yes. With that, she probably do. She probably do a forty-year-old version of a series uh, based on her as main character. Yeah, exactly. That. Have you ever seen that game show that she hosts? Uh, I saw she hosted a game show. I don't know what it is though. 
It's painfully awful. It's like, I don't know, celebrities partnering with real people and playing categories or, or something. Huh. You know, they have, like, a lot of those, like, weird, like, revise, uh, you know, revised, like, TV shows. Like, I don't know. I saw something with that, uh, that Joey Fatone guy uh, was hosting some show, and it was a really bad show, and he's not a good host either. Yeah, I'm not sure which one that is. I know that... It's, it's I don't know, it's on, like, a game show. I think it's a game show network original, so you know it's, like, you know, going to be terrible to begin with. Okay. I know that Alec Baldwin's hosting a revival of the Match Game. Huh. One of my favorite 70s game shows, but that show is so 70s. I, I don't think, I don't, it, it, won't, it doesn't work in any other decade. I, I think, too, a big issue is you won't find people who are as witty as the people who were on that show. Like, modern-day actors don't strike me as being, like, you know, clever as, you know, uh, the great uh, Charles Nelson Reilly or, uh, you know, Richard Dawson or, you know, Betty White even. Yeah. Or... No, I agree, too. Brett Summers as well. Yeah, that's her name. I can't remember it. Uh, apparently at this concert, there's going to be Dua Lipa. I don't know who that is. Uh, somebody named S-Z-A, Za, like pizza, and Becky G. What? I don't know. It makes it makes me feel incredibly old. I don't know any of who these people are. I feel that you average, if you average out the talent at this, uh, you know, concert, like if you took... Taylor Swift and add all these other people, and then divided it, you know, by the number of people that you're including, the number would be very low as to how actually, like, you know, famous people are. Exactly. I mean, they might as well go into meme making and start making uh, shows about uh, Little Bub. I think he's dead, actually. Aw, poor Little. No, I think this happened like a year or two ago, and I saw like a thing about Little Bub. Like, I'm pretty sure the cat's dead, but I didn't want to comment and ruin everybody's day. <laughs> That's the sad thing is, you know it would. Yeah, it really would. Uh, You'd have a couple of people slitting their fucking wrists open over that news. <laughs> uh, MSN Entertainment. So, Microsoft News. They've ranked the 50 best TV, show, TV shows of all time, at least according to critics. Um, can, I, can I guess the top five? Yeah, that's 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 good. We should. I, I just want to point out that one of my uh, wife's favorites, my so-called life, is number fifty. I I I watched a little bit of my so-called life, but it, it had one season. I don't. How can it be in the top fifty of the greatest shows of all time? Apparently, a lot of uh, critics are thirty-eight-year-old uh, women. Yeah, I guess. Um. Oh, you know what? Too. I, I've got. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you can guess the top five. You might uh, you might be surprised by the top five. I I'm guessing it'll just be the most obvious ones. Uh, do you have, do you have them in? Yeah, I got them in order. All right, I'm guessing Mash is on there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mash is is not on there. Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld is not on there. Oh, yeah, I am surprised so far. Uh, The Sopranos? Nope. The Sopranos is down in the teens. Yeah, Breaking Bad should be on there, but I don't know that it will. Breaking Bad is number five. Yeah, this is a bad list. Yep, agreed. Um, Because, uh, in my opinion, The Wire and and Breaking Bad are easily, no question, in the top five. Is The Wire even on there? No, The Wire Wire is like number 25. Yeah, this, this list is terrible. The Larry Sanders Show is number four. 
which the Larry Sanders show is funny. Yeah, I, I've I've heard a lot of good things about it. I don't know if I'd put it in the top five, but it's fine. Uh, Murder One is number three. What the hell is Murder One? I have no idea. <laughs> Wait, what? This is from the American uh, version of People or MSN or whatever? Yep. Yep, I think they're basing it off Metacritic scores. That's what they're doing. They're bas- uh, they're just basing it off Metacritic scores and like all the top ones have 99 out of 100. So like Breaking Bad's number 5, but it, it's 99 out of 100. That's dumb. So they're all, the, all the top five are 99 out of 100. Uh, the number one show is Rectify. I don't even know what that is. Me either. So I guess, I don't know, hard to say if it's number one or not, but I'm going to say no because Breaking Bad is. And from everything I've heard, not only from you, but from other people, uh, The Wire should absolutely be up there as well. Yeah, The Wire is great. Uh, Rectify seems like the uh, theme song would be sung by Becky G. Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm like, guessing like that's, that's her. True. That's her. That's her encore every night. Right. Theme from Rectified. <laughs> uh, so the last bit of news that I have is is some sad news. Uh, Max Wright, the uh, the dad from Alf, Mr. Tanner. I think that was his name, right? Um, I don't think so. I think that's a uh, Full House. Was it also on Alf? I think so. Yeah, Willie Tanner. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's weird. Uh, anyway, he, he died, uh, apparently... After, well, he's dead. <laughs> apparently, after a long battle with cancer. That's according to his daughter. Uh, you know, I think it was, uh, something else. But, uh, he, was, he was 70... <laughs> wow! He was 75, according... What's messed up is you could be right. Yeah, I know, that that's the thing, because as you, you may remember, uh, we talked about on this program... He, uh, Mr. Tanner here, Max Wright, got in some serious trouble for pictures that appeared in the Inquirer of him having uh, gay sex with a a black and white man at the same time and smoking crack. So, he lived quite a life. Hey, this guy knew knew how to have a good time. We'll say that at the very least. He was still married to his wife, Linda, for... Like 50 years or something like that. She died a couple of years ago of cancer uh, or something. I don't know, something. She died of something a couple of years ago at 72. And yeah, so he was uh, still fully in the closet. Um, even though he was outed, uh, he stayed married to his wife. Maybe it was just the crack that made him do that. Yeah, I think I think that's probably true. He wasn't really gay. It's just, you know, it was the crack. But We've all been there. Yeah, who hasn't gone on a weekend crack bender, bender and, and had interracial sex? Yeah, and if uh, one of the guys is black and the other is white, they cancel each other out. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. It's like uh, it's like pig- pigmentation. It's like mixing colors together. It just becomes clear. So you're really you're really just masturbating at that point. Yeah, it's like you're just thinking about it. Um, I found this I found this thread on Reddit. Um. From uh, like five years ago, uh, and it says Max Wright, the dad from Alf, was gay. I like how they put gay first, like that's the worst part, and a crack cocaine addict. 
he was taped smoking crack and having sex with gay prostitutes, and according to the National Enquirer, even had unprotected sex with homeless men. Jeez. So, some of the uh, comments on Reddit, you know, of course, are, are gold. Uh, no wonder why he was so repulsed when Alf, Alf would try to eat the cat. <laughs> um... Somebody says, and then they get into an argument about this, according to the National Enquirer with a question mark. And uh, someone said, there are photos printed in the Enquirer. And then the person responds, oh, photos, that dif- that's different. That makes it all true. By the way, we have been to Mars, and I've also seen pictures of men standing on planets thousands of light years from here. Since there are pictures, then it must be true. <laughs> and then somebody goes on to explain that Artie Lang and Nikki Cox, two of Max Wright's co-stars from The Norm Show, for you know, friend of the show Norm MacDonald, uh, the show Wright was on after Alf, positively identified him as the person in those photos, which are actually just stills from a VHS tape the Inquirer obtained of Max Wright having sex and smoking crack with homeless male prostitutes. You know, okay, yeah, I guess they can be homeless, but, you know, if they're prostitutes, I mean, they're, they're gainfully employed anyway. What do they do with that, all that money is what I don't know. Exactly. Buy a house. Uh, and it was known at the time that Wright was an addict since he'd gotten several DUIs while employed as an actor on successful primetime TV shows. I mean, it's su- so funny that like he's such a talent, they need to like keep him you know, employed after all. Yeah, no kidding. He's like the most generic fucking actor I've ever Yeah. And, um... Uh, according to this, uh, on Jay Moore's part, podcast, uh, Artie Lang, which I didn't even know Jay Moore had a podcast, but... Yeah, I've listened to quite a few episodes. Uh, Artie Lang talks about the uh, the day um, of his first appearance on the Howard Stern show was the same day those photos came out, and Howard asked him about it. And Artie, who worked with the guy and saw him every day, acknowledged that it was in fact Max, and said he was surprised because Wright seemed like a normal guy. A normal guy who happened to have videotaped himself blowing a black midget. Jeez. <laughs> I can totally hear uh, Artie Lang saying that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, don't speak ill of the dead, but uh, crack is whack. And uh, rest in peace, Max Wright. Rest in peace. I would say, I wouldn't necessarily say just because you're, uh, has there's a picture taken of you smoking crack that you're a crackhead or an addict? True. He, he at least dabbled in crack once. He dabbled. Yeah. He's a dabbler. But, uh, you know, he also was forced to star on a TV show where a, a puppet got all the best lines. So. Here's our new, uh, here's our new TV uh, special for the Hallmark Channel, Max's Crazy Weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. So, that is the news for today. Um... I don't know. I guess we'll go... Yeah, we'll go with uh, with Educating Mike next. I never know what or care what order we do this in. Yeah, I just... Uh, I don't know. But I uh, I decided to just go with something really strange today. I couldn't really figure out how to tie it into um, Good Omens, which is what we're talking about. But are, are you are you familiar with the director, uh, Harmony, uh, Harmony Curran? Yeah, I'm a big fan, actually. Really? Yeah. I know he did um, Spring Breakers and some yeah, other he, stuff. Uh, did, he, did, he did the movie Gummo. He did the uh, the screenplay for the movie Kids, which he wrote when he was like 17 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, if you want to see uh, some entertainment, look up uh, Harmony Karamine on uh, the David Letterman show. There's a bunch of clips, and it's just insanity. Well, it's funny because apparently uh, you are already educated on this, but Gummo is the movie we're doing. Okay, yeah, that's that's an, uh, that's an amazing movie. I have never seen it, so this will be like educating me, I guess. It, it's really, it's really not like a typical movie, you know. I mean, it's not. It's you could really even argue that it's like a uh, like a piece of art put on mm-hmm. film. It's a lot of like really disconnected scenes that all take place in the. Uh, it's the city of Zania, I think, Ohio, which is like historically struck by like a major tornado. Yeah. And so there's all these like kids just kind of wandering around, just getting into like the most insane like things. Like there's like a uh, a woman that they like who's on life support, and they just like cut the life support for no reason. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's like a, a really weird like a uh, like black and white little like a uh, film within the film. It's like some weird satanic ritual that takes place with cats that are like dead. Okay. Um, this bathtub you've ever seen, and he's like eating toast or something like that, or like someone stapled toast. It's a very odd movie, but it's 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 hard to describe, but it's something that's really it's really interesting. Which I, in, in, as far as I like movies. Interesting is a huge factor, and this is a very interesting movie. Yeah, well, according to the plot summary here, uh, I mean, it kind of goes through what you just went through. Um, it talks about uh, Tumblr and Solomon, who are hunting feral cats. Uh, they bring the cats to the local grocer, who intends to butcher and sell them to a local restaurant. Uh, and the grocer tells them that they have a rival in the cat-killing business. <laughs> Well, lots of cat killing going on in this movie. Um, also, a boy. Oh, well, that's a that's a connection to our previous topic of Elf. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but also a boy with bunny ears and no shirt that just kind of yeah. walks around the movie. Yeah, he's in pretty much. He connects the movie really. Uh, Chloe Sevigny is in this movie too, right? I don't think so. she was in Kids. I don't think she's in Gummo. She might be, but I don't believe so. Um, let's see. Yeah, she plays Dot. Okay, I didn't even realize it. Um, so there's some flirting with a gay dwarf. Uh, also, I guess, ties into Max Wright. <laughs> a man pimping his Down Syndrome-afflicted sister. Uh, and then encountering an elderly child monster. Basically, the way I found this movie is I looked up uh, weird movies. And this came up. But I am familiar with some of uh, Harmony Crane's work. And um, I have liked a lot of his movies. So I do... I, I kind of gravitate towards you two where I like interesting kind of movies. Um, but The Parents Guide on, on this Ooh, movie <laughs> is pretty fun. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to select it. Uh, even though I had never seen it. So, <clears throat> sex and nudity says moderate. Uh, a boy refers to a cat as a lesbian. <laughs> the cat is later said to be pregnant, which is sex and nudity, I guess. Okay. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how, but apparently that cat uh, wasn't much of a lesbian. Maybe she would both ways. <laughs> We like our friend Max Wright. Right, exactly. We see the bare breasts of two female characters as they put duct tape over their nipples, 
uh, then pull it off to make their nipples seem larger. They are then both seen jumping on a bed together with a younger girl as well, with duct tape covering only their nipples, but they are still topless. That sounds like a good movie so far. Yeah. Uh, a character feels up a girl's breast to check if she has lumps. Is that really... Come on. I mean, like... Okay. If it's like, you know, he he's just using it as an excuse, sure, I guess it can go in this category. But if it's actually medical, come on. There, there are people out there who think statues should uh, be uh, censored, so there that, you go. Yeah, that is true. A girl describes in voiceover how her father had raped her. Okay, that's... That's pretty graphic. Most of the voiceover is muffled by a disorientating screeching noise when it might be graphic. Uh, uh, yeah, see, like, hearing this stuff, that I like that kind of... I mean, like, I, obviously I don't like that, you know, I don't like that subject matter necessarily, but I like that stylized quality of it where, you know, it's a voiceover, but there's disorientating, uh, you know, uh, ambient noise underneath it. You know, I, I can see how that could add to a feel of discomfort, you know, and, and things like that. I like that kind of stylized stuff. Great. Uh, some moderate references. Okay. Uh, violence and gore. There is some footage shown of a destructive tornado. A large animal, possibly a cow, is shown falling from the rooftop to the ground dead. This is supposedly actual footage. Oh, the... The parents' guide is calling into question uh, uh, Harmony Korean's uh, credentials, I guess. Oh. Uh, two boys shoot down another boy with BB guns. All right. Uh, a boy pees from atop an overpass onto passing traffic. That's under profanity. Yeah. How is that not under? How is that not under sex and nudity? I don't know. Some derogatory phrases aimed at homosexual slash lesbian characters and minority characters, including uh, fag, the N-word, and queer. 64 uses of fuck, 16 uses of shit, 13 uses of pussy, 11 of ass, 9 uses of bitch, 6 uses of queer and asshole. Okay. So I just like that the people who like you know do these like you know have who have actual numbers like I just wonder how they get these numbers like do they have to watch it like so many times to make sure they get every you know I mean do they write that and whenever someone says fuck they like check a box and like shit there's another box or do they like watch the whole thing like oh they said fuck seventeen times let me go back as many times as they seriously you have to have no life to do this or do you get like the screenplay and like control F I mean that's a lot easier but it's still really ridiculous yeah I agree. Violence and gore. Two brothers are featured who are said to have been Jehovah's Witnesses who murdered their parents. That's fair. If your parents raise you as a Jehovah's Witness, that's fair. I mean, kids have to celebrate all week. Come on. Exactly. No birthdays. Um, but anyway, so that is uh, Gummo. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm actually going to check it out. I want to see it. Uh, that's really interesting. But now we will move on to a regular feature of the show. It's called Keeping Current with Mike. I yes, forgot what it was is. called for a second. Um, How dare you. Where we go and uh, plumb the depths of the internet to find the hottest gossip in today's celebrity culture and try to figure out what the hell they're talking about. Yes, it's what we do. 
Where are we going today, Mike? I'm not sure if I'm looking at like a blog or a magazine. Okay. Uh, but it's I know there's a there is a magazine called Seven Seventeen, so I think I'm on their website. Okay, seventeen. But, but I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's just like them reiterating within their magazine or if it's like a different entity or what, but that's where Alright, we're at seventeen dot com. Seven facts about Callan Allen that'll make you a stan. Wait, seven facts about Callan Allen that'll make you a stan. Exactly. Okay. All right. First of all, I don't know who uh, Callan Allen is. Me either. I know Al Kaline. I I don't think he's going to be in this magazine, unfortunately. Callan Allen. How are they spelling that? Oh, wait. K-A-L-E-N-A. Well, I don't know. Callan Allen. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Um, oh, I think I know what they mean by Stan. I really hate when people say this, but I think <laughs> I think they mean that you're gonna be a fan, like that, like that um, that song, you know, Stan by Eminem. I think people use it that way now. Yeah, more like an obsessive kind of fan. I think is really how they use it, like a crazy kind of upset, obsessed kind of person. So, Callan Allen doesn't have a Wikipedia, unfortunately. Uh, he does have a Twitter account, uh, at the Callan Allen, if you're looking for him. I work at the kindest place on earth. So he's a Disney person, maybe? Uh, at, oh, oh, at the Ellen Show, uh, slash Temple Made, or hashtag Temple Made, hashtag KC Raised, IG and Snapchat, at the Callan Allen. Inquiries. Oh God. Inquiries bookings at thecallanallen.com. So we could inquire to book him. Uh, I guess he works on the Ellen Show. I, I guess I don't know what he does on the Ellen Show, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's got a YouTube. O O M K. I don't know what that means. Oh my, Krishna. I don't know. Callan <laughs> Allen reacts to Apple Twix salad recipe. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, he reacts to a lot of things. Unseasoned fried chicken. <laughs> he, eh. This is how. This is the state of entertainment today. It, that there's a video of someone reacting to unseasoned fried chicken, and let's see how many views it's got. Uh, can't play any of the audio, so uh, over half a million views, almost six hundred thousand views. Jeez. Uh, and after our fan base, uh, you know, hears this, I'm sure it will jump up to about a million and a half. So that's Callan Allen uh, does something for Ellen. Yeah, I don't think I uh, I need to know one fact more about him. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to be a stan. <laughs> All right. Now the next uh, the next uh, headline kind of makes me think this is more like a uh, like the magazine or something. Okay. Because it's it seems like it's like a quiz or something. It's like the best Halloween themed TV episodes you need to rewatch. <laughs> is the episode of uh, Family Manners called Stevel on there? Oh, I wish, but I, I I don't know. I have to click. Now there's like two stills. One of them looks like it's like that Stranger Things, and they're like dressed as Ghostbusters or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's an episode where they're dressed as Ghostbusters on Stranger Things. Oh, oh, an 80s reference. How clever. (laughs) 
Yeah, Stranger Things could just be called Reference, the TV show. Just call it, you like the 80s, right, Mark? Exactly. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what these are, but uh, I can't really think of any uh, Halloween-themed TV episodes that I really like that. Yeah, I can't think of any that I'd want to return to, necessarily. I think I have one that you would want to return to, but first, uh, the one I remember very vividly from when I was really young, it was uh, Hogan's Hogan's Family. Okay. There's like an episode where they turn into zombies, and it really like disturbed me when I was young. I don't know why, but it really just like, really bothered me. I remember that one. Uh, but I think I, I think you didn't. Wasn't it a Halloween episode of uh, Quantum Leap where uh, Stephen King guest starred on it? Well, he didn't guest star on it, but the twist at the end was that Sam had leaped into a young Stephen King. Right? Wasn't that wasn't that an episode you liked though? Yeah, it's a good episode. Was, I mean, I like Quantum Leap it, in general. Yeah, but isn't that a Halloween themed episode? Yeah, that that's uh, it takes place on Halloween and it came out uh, around Halloween. Yeah, it was the Halloween episode of. Of that season of Quantum Leap. So the fact that it was Halloween-themed and came out on Halloween made it a Halloween episode, in your opinion? Yeah, I would call it a Halloween episode. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or wait, no, he doesn't doesn't leap into Stephen King. He leaps into some New England writer, like some hack New England writer, but... Dean Koontz is from New England? (laughs) But Stevie is the guy that helps him around the house... And uh, and it turns like uh, in in the last frame, he uh, you know his girlfriend's like bye Mrs King, and um, he's like Stevie King you know and like he had mentioned like it's so weird too because it's why would he mention any of this stuff? But he mentioned scenes from a few different movies like Carrie and and stuff like that. And uh, and didn't you say he had a dog named Cujo? Yeah, which is not accurate, but oh uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of it's not, uh, you know, 100% accurate, but uh, that's fine. It was, You know, it's a, a little fun twist, I guess, at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I do enjoy when the the only episode of The Simpsons I'll make it a point to watch are their, their Treehouse of Terror ones. I guess those are all obviously, you know, Halloween themed. Well, that's true. Yeah, I, I would watch, I would rewatch some of those early ones, yeah. Yeah, even, the, even those have been pretty bad lately, though. Like, I can't remember the most recent one that I really enjoyed. I'm sure that the uh, one-eyed aliens were part of it. Great. They can't get off them. No. I mean, I, I, like you said, some of the earlier ones were really good, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, our, ne- our next headline, again, this makes me think this is more like a blog or something. I don't I don't really know. Okay. Uh, this this influencer tried to use relaxer after bleach and all, cap, all caps, her hair fell out on Instagram Live. Okay, well that's It sounds like a lady applying something to her hair. Yeah, first of all, that sounds 100% fake to me, because just what are the chances? I mean, you're a quote-unquote influencer, which is another word I just absolutely hate. Me too. It's just the dumbest fucking word I've ever heard in my entire life. But, I mean, so someone who's, like, you know, obviously has, like, people following them on Instagram, to you know, because they're probably hair tips and that kind of thing, you know? And they don't know that that would, I mean, I, I, I don't know that, but I don't know anything about hair. I mean, anyone who's seen my hair knows I don't know anything about hair. <laughs> well, I'm guessing that she's black. Uh, because re- I know relaxer is something that black people use to uh, uncurl their hair, basically unkink their hair. I don't. I guess if right, I- but this this lady has like a like a buzz cut almost. Her hair is like super short. Oh, so maybe like I'm thinking maybe she plans to do this to get more. Yeah, fame. So I'm yeah. I don't see how it couldn't be that she did it on purpose. Yeah, 
That's that's my guess is that it was a deliberate thing uh, that she knew. Uh, I guess I don't know much about relaxer. Um, I do, and I've never bleached my hair, so I don't know anything about any of it. But um, but yeah, I guess it could make your hair fall out. Our our next quote unquote story. These Harry Potter coffee cups will make your Starbucks trip so, all caps, much better. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This so, is obviously an advertisement. So that's news. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I assume this is tied into the new, uh, like, Pokemon Go type game. It's like Harry Potter's, uh, I don't know, Wizard something? Or yeah, I heard about it. Wizarding World, maybe? Yeah, I, I, heard, I heard about it. Uh, my wife told me about it because she likes Harry Potter, but... I think she downloaded it and played it for about five seconds and was like, yeah, I don't care about this. <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot of people say it wasn't as good as the Pokemon Go, which which was fun. I played that a little bit. I didn't have a phone that could do it, but my, my wife did at the time, so, you know, we played that a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's probably been, like, already, like, took. it probably came out way too late, you know. If it had come out around the time or before Pokemon Go, I'm sure it'd be, like, a huge success, but now it just seems like something people have already done. Yeah. Yeah, I think people have kind of had their fill with that type of game. Yeah, at least for now, especially, you know, with all that walking. Exactly. Who wants to do that? Our next uh, top story. Ten signs Miley Cyrus's quote-unquote mother's daughter, unquote, is the ultimate feminist and... Okay, so I'm guessing mother's daughter is a, is the name of a Miley Cyrus song. Right. I don't uh, I don't know and, any and of Miley Cyrus' ten... songs, but... And there's ten signs in this whole song. I mean, this is how many how many feminist anthem you know hints there are in the song. Wow! So it's probably like a two minute long song that took a a team of thirty to write. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like so, the uh, like I'm sure you've seen the picture that cracks me up every time. It's like uh, Beyonce, like uh, "Girls Rule the World" or some song like that. Or it's mm-hmm. like you say it's the same thing over and over, and it's like five people. And then, like, next to it are the lyrics to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's just at Freddie Mercury. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, one thing, I saw a YouTube video one time about why music is so bad now. Um, For the most part, anyway. You know, like, popular music. And it made a lot of sense. They talked about... Not (laughs) Spacebook. They talked about how, um, how, you know, in the old days, there was a lot of variety. Like, if you listen to... I know you don't like the Beatles that much. Um, I don't know how you feel about the Beach Boys. Uh, there's some later Beach Boys songs yeah, okay. that I that I like. Um, but, uh, you know, like, if you listen to Pet Sounds, there's, like, a, a bunch of different, like, n- noises. Like, like a, I mean, obviously, they use a variety of different instruments, but they also use kind of, like, everyday items to, to you know, make music and... A lot of different bands kind of did that back then. There's a variety of, you know, different sounds, different chords being used and everything. And now with what they do with computers and auto-tune and everything, everything gets homogenized and, and like, uh, like auditorially compressed into this very narrow range um, using a lot of the same chords and a lot of the same stuff. And there's a handful of writers that write all the really popular songs. So there's not much diversity of voice in the popular songs either in, in like the, you know, the point of view and, and things like that of popular songs. So that's kind of why everything, you know, all the pop music now kind of sounds the same and very homogenous and things like that. And that's what differentiates it from, you know, uh, older music or, 
you know, the few people that are out there now that are still doing things kind of more the traditional way. Um, but it was a really, I wish I could remember what it was called because it was, it was probably, I don't know, like 40 minutes long. And this guy goes into all these different explanations. He's obviously a musician. And uh, it was it really fascinating. And it really, because like, I don't like a lot of the popular music now, but I never really had a reason other than like, I, I just don't like it. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't suit me, but him going through all this stuff, I was like, yes, that, that all makes total sense. Yeah, music's uh, pretty bad for the most part, at least uh, the music you hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find some hidden gems out there still, but uh, um, yeah, all the, all the very popular pop music is shit. Except for, obviously, uh, In the Meantime by Space Hog. Exactly. Agreed. Um, and uh, that's it, because the next headline is uh, the Cheesecake Factory is delivering free slices of Oreo cheesecake for the 4th of July. This is not a legitimate source of information. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to tap out at this point. I think they're just, uh, they're such fucking rubes that uh, they, they got swindled into publishing an article instead of having an ad for the Cheesecake Factory. Exactly. Make some money off that. Get some, uh, get some Google AdSense going. Oh, and uh, in response to the previous uh, story, fuck the whole Cyrus clan as usual. Yeah, yeah, we're not fans. Um, I don't know if she has a brother or a sister or whatever, but they can fuck off too. Yeah, she has a sister, and I just get annoyed every time I see her. I'm sure she's trying to be a singer as well. Something, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, before we get on to the, the parent's guide game that we do whatever we want to call it um i've got a little celebrity diss to do uh i don't know if you're familiar with him or not but do you know who uh, david harbour is um he's in stranger things and he played hellboy yes correct okay i know who he is i i've never seen anything with him in it yeah he was on the newsroom he's been in well we'll, we kind of get into it a little bit so I start with the normal greeting. Uh, you know, hello, sir. I represent Massive Late Fee, one of the five most listened to podcasts in the world with Late Fee as part of the name. We would love to have you on the program to talk Stranger Things. Just a quick phone call is all it takes. DM us. No response to that. Um, so then the next day, uh, I sent him a bunch of <laughs> once in a row. Um... And I got to figure this out because, okay, I, I forgot to tag him in a couple of them, which I, I get into. And so I had to delete the tweets and retweet them, but they are sort of out of order. Uh, so here, I got the order now. Uh, David Harbour. We could also talk about your time at Dartmouth. I've never even been to New Hampshire, so that will be fascinating. What's Aubrey Plaza like? Because <laughs> she's from New Hampshire. Uh, and, you know, Stranger Things, if there's time... Uh, oh wait, no, fuck. Okay, I did, I did do it out of order. Um, what's the right order? Well, anyway, so I said that, and, um, then I said, uh, better opt for closer to 50 minutes, uh, because I, I gave him an option. Uh, oh, here we go. Just a little phone call, 5 to 50 minutes, your choice, and we can explore your time on the newsroom, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. Remember when you were injured in the Middle East? Don was so worried. That's from the newsroom. 
uh, that I talked about the Dartmouth thing. And then I said uh, Aubrey Plaza was on a recent episode of Hot Ones with Sean Evans. We could talk about that. Or you could be on Hot Ones. How are you with spicy food? Also, Stranger Things Season 3, if you insist. And Sigma Phi Epsilon, of course, brother. Um, and then I kind of felt bad because I, I said brother. Uh, and then, uh, so I said to him a couple of things. One, some of those messages were out of order because I forgot to at you in them. In them. Two, I realize I may have been misleading by calling you brother in that last message about the fraternity. I've never belonged to a fraternity, and we are not blood relation. Uh, David Harbour. I mean, if you want to talk about Stranger Things Season 3, more power to you. But I'm more interested in discussing how you got on Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, and Law and Order Criminal Intent as three different characters. <laughs> what about continuity? Are you a chameleon? I thought that might uh, pique his interest. But again, no response to any of this stuff. Um, so I said, we really do want you on the show, though. Well, I do. I think Mike could take you or leave you. <laughs> that's, that's not an insult. That, that's a fair comment. That's not an insult. Just how Mike is with most people. Kurt Vonnegut, there's a person he would love on the show, but I'm sure you can't resurrect the dead. Can you do a good Kurt Vonnegut impression, though? <laughs> I thought maybe we could get him on there uh, as uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Um, then, jo cool. <laughs> then Josie Lawrence, friend of the show, uh, tweeted out uh, or retweeted some somebody named Gemma Aerosmith. I, I can only assume that that's Steven Tyler's other daughter, um, who said, My teenage style icons, I did not pull off the look the way they did, trust me. And then there's two women that are dressed in, in, you know, male suits, and Josie Lawrence is one of them. And she said, uh, still love a suit. So I said to her, we, Massive Late Fee, still love you. We talk about you on the show often, the only person ever to respond to our silliness. So then I continue with David Harbour, and at this point I'm kind of upset. So I say, David Harbour, now the truth comes out, buddy. You're off getting ordained to marry people taking senior pictures with fans, but you don't have five minutes for us? You're as fake as all the rest. And to think I liked you on the newsroom. Jeff Daniels carried that show. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's... Yeah, go ahead. He should have called him a phony to, like, yeah, strike fear into his heart. <laughs> thinking that you're a fan of a catcher in the run. <laughs> you're a phony. <laughs> He uh, he famously has responded to some fans on Twitter uh, taking uh, senior photos with uh, one girl and agreeing to get ordained to marry uh, two other fans, which is just sad. But anyway, so uh, then I looked at his Twitter and I noticed something. So the next tweet is, upon further investigation, I may have been overly harsh. I see you haven't posted since June 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> you are busy, I'm sure. And Elliot was a big part of the newsroom. I'm sure you were you were a good murderer or whatever on Law and Order too. I uh, I don't watch it. And uh, then I said, seriously though, if you get this before 9 p.m. Eastern, we would love to have you on the show. Well, I would. Mike is still indifferent. <laughs> yeah, I am. And that's how we uh, we ended things with David Harbor. So. No responses, um, and uh, no police at my house yet. 
Sounds like another phony to me. <laughs> oh my god, I hate all those phonies. And he went to Dartmouth too, so. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, Probably for something like acting, though, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like fucking engineering or finance. <laughs> So now we will move on to uh, our parents' guide game. I don't know what to call it. Uh, wasting time, because <laughs> um, they're wasting time, and, and I guess we're kind of wasting time too. But um, anyway, so I will. Uh, I'll go first. I have two pulled up, Mike. If you, if you want to do two, and yep. then we've got a new uh, special surprise for you listeners out there. Uh, at you know at the end of, of this segment, um, we do. Yeah, the thing we talked about. Oh, oh yes, that's true. We so, probably should have talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's your first clue for your first uh, movie. Um, we see a man and a woman kiss slash make out on a bed for about thirteen seconds. The latter is in her underwear. Parentheses, no nudity. Super bad. No, that's. I mean that. Like you know, I, I hate. I hesitate saying good guess because I don't want to imply that the movie is like super bad. But that does happen in the movie Super Bad. So that's good why guess. I think it's a good guess. Thank you. Um, this one I I I noticed whoever wrote it is hilarious. Like not intentionally, but it's like. They seem like the most like sheltered person I've ever heard of. Okay. So here's here's this is under section nudity. There's really only one bad part, and it's very brief. There is some language too, though, but nothing too bad. <laughs> well, that is that's quite specific. Um, let's see, one bad part. Um, hmm. I will say that it is Mallrats. It is not Mallrats. Okay. Uh, Second clue. Uh, I'm going to read this one, but then I'm also going to read another one because this is kind of not very descriptive of all. But uh, on-screen body count, 24. Point Break? No. And then... um, A man punches another man in the face four times, leaving him with blood pouring from his nose. Um, Heat? No. Huh. Talk of having sex. Okay, so they talk about having sex. There's one scene that's kind of bad, and there's some language. Um, hmm. Dogma? No. Okay. Uh, let's see. Profanity. Constant use of graphic language. The word fuck is said 237 times. Oh my god. Clerks? Nope. This is actually a pretty good clue, I think. Uh, so I uh, take that in mind how much weight I'm putting on this one. Okay. It's under alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Mm-hmm. 
Several people drink champagne at a party. Nobody appears drunk. A landlord smokes cigars. Several people drink champagne at a party, and a landlord smokes cigars. Mm, I don't remember a landlord in that movie, so I don't think it's that. I can think of a scene with party. One scene that's bad, talk of sex. I mean, maybe. Um, oh, man. If I knew if that... Well, yeah, maybe. Ghostbusters? No. Damn it. I guess so. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, okay, this is under uh, alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Um, a needle and a spoon are seen on a table, implying that a man has done heroin. He then keeps on ma- uh, making claims that he is high. Pulp Fiction? No. Huh. I, didn't, I just realized that there's not that many clues on this one. <laughs> okay. A scene where a man is in a bath with two women who have exposed breasts. Nudity is shown for only about two seconds. Private parts? No. Good guess, though. Oh, damn it. Um... <laughs> Men are seen packaging bags of cocaine in a dope house. Is this narc? <laughs> no, no. I say we should just make sure there's a rule you can't repeat one because yeah. that's hilarious, but no. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, I'm trying to think of mine. Hmm. Is it my my turn or? Yeah. Approximately 14 uses of the F word. Hmm. A man in a bathtub with two topless women. A landlord that's smoking a cigar. Bunch of people drinking champagne. I mean, obviously it's a party. Like it's a New Year's thing or something. Hmm. Man, this is tough. Um, hmm. I will say Spider Man, the first one. Nope. <laughs> uh, two men get shot in the head with blood mist. Not graphic. I, I mean, I'm. A, I guess. I, yeah, I guess not graphic in a way. Because, I mean, there is just blood mist. It's kind of surprising. <laughs> and a little graphic, I would think. But that's what they say. Um, is this the de- <laughs> the Departed? You got it. Nice. Yeah, that gave it away, even though there was a lot more violence in that. Oh, yeah. That, those, I think, those scenes are like pretty shocking when they happen. I think, uh, I think you're going to get it from this clue. There is an armed robbery involving a shotgun. Armed robbery involving a shotgun. Someone's at home, but kick. Huh? Somebody's at home just like screaming at their uh, podcast right now. Right. Okay, an armed robbery with a shotgun. No, no, that doesn't happen in that movie. 
People are drinking champagne. Caesar's Goodfellas? Uh, no. Damn it. Um. Hmm. No, that doesn't happen in that movie. So it's not that. Uh, I already gave away the best clues. Shit. An armed robbery with a shotgun. I'm trying to think of all the movies that have armed robberies in it. Wait, I was thinking of a bank, but you didn't say a bank. So it might just be, like, robbing someone on the street with a shotgun or... Or... Hmm. No, that doesn't happen in that movie either. Or in a restaurant. Is it Pulp Fiction? No. Wait, no, that, that, that scene isn't in Pulp Fiction either. A restaurant where they're... Well, it's not Run Lola Run. Um, a restaurant getting robbed with a shotgun. Why can't I think of this? Um, hmm. <laughs> a restaurant getting robbed. I'll tell a- you the name of an act. I'll tell you the name of one of the actors in it. Okay. Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson. <laughs> yeah. What movies are is Louis Anderson in? Um. Holy Another shit. Uh, actor in the movie, Eric LaSalle. Oh, oh. Coming to America? Correct. Yeah, yeah. there's that scene with Arsenio Hall and the two women when when James Earl Jones comes in. Damn it, I should have got that. And at the beginning with the uh, royal penis cleaners. Yep. Oh, my God. Good one. Definitely a good one. Yeah, I thought you would have got that one. Me too. Damn it! Um, all right. So... Now, second round. You can go first uh, this time. A boy teases a teenager about "quote unquote" making it with a girl and her mom. Well, a girl and her mom. Hmm. Hmm. By the way, I've never seen this, but I'm almost 100 percent positive you have. The 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 term "making it." Really kind of dates this movie, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, making it with a girl and her mom. Uh, Porky's? No. Okay, the first clue on this one is just under sex and nudity. is the most generic thing I've ever seen. No nudity. So, so if I stopped there... It would just be, name any movie that has no nudity. (laughs) But I'll go on to the second one, which says, some mildly sexual scenes. Super bad. Nope. A teen boy makes a wish at a wishing well that he will make it with a lead female character. The Goonies? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, finally. Okay, so as per our rules, I'll go to one of the more, um, you know, like explicit ones. Uh, okay, this one, this one, this is the very next one down, actually, from uh, Sex and Nudity. And this has a character's name in it, so I think it'll help you. Um, two girl groupies 
are brought to Lestat. He seduces them, but nothing sexual occurs. This is unfair. I've barely seen this movie. (laughs) I know. Like, I literally saw the first five minutes, Queen of the Damned. I mean, I thought that was a great, you know, clue, the first one anyways. According to last week, you saw the first 15 minutes of it. It was, I don't know what it was. It was not a lot at all. That's why I, that's why I chose it, but yeah. Um, so, now, how do you want to do this? So, I, I will tell everyone uh, first, we, we've uh, come with an addendum to our game here. The last movie, we're going to give you clues, listeners, and the first person to add us uh, at Massive Late Fee or at Massive Late Mike, is that what it is? Or late fee Mike? Yeah, at late... Uh, late fee Mike, I think. Yeah. Uh, so the first person to at, at late fee Mike or at massive late fee with the correct answer will get a, uh, a shout-out. And as we go on, um, I think we'll give prizes away, too. Uh, there's some stuff that I'm going to buy that's related to the show uh, pretty soon that we can give out as prizes for this as well. So uh, you'll be the first on the list for a prize if, uh, if you get this first one. Now, Mike, this is a question for you. Do you want me to tell you what the movie is? And then, you know, and obviously cut that part out. And we can go back and forth and do like four clues or something. Or do you want me to just read them and like next week you, could, you can uh, pick one and read it? Yeah, that sounds better. Okay. So here is the first movie for our uh, player, our listener around here. Uh, under violence and gore. Uh, let's see. Uh, sag. Okay. Using rifles with scopes, some spectating characters, I'm uh, eliminating their identifying marker, fire upon racers. One racer's vehicle is damaged by a bullet and destabilizes, killing the operator. So that is clue one. Uh, Clue two. Uh, Let's see. Under frightening and intense scenes, the battle near the end of the film is intense, but with minimal to no blood at all. Only several dead bodies are visible. A child, only slightly nervous, is caught up in the violence as well, being fired upon by enemy forces and uh, firing upon, and he fires upon them accordingly. So that's clue two. Uh, Clue four. Under, I mean, there's not a ton. Like, there's, under sex and nudity, there's none. And under profanity, there's none. Um, so let's go with violence and gore. Uh, a man is stabbed in the middle of his torso. He gasps in pain and falls to the ground and can be briefly seen having a hole through his back. And then the fourth one. Uh, okay, this one. I think, you know, this one This one gives a little more a little more nuance to it. Because I want people to kind of be able to get it. Um, not evident. This is under profanity. Not evident. But some alien language spoken have the inflection of it once or twice. 
<laughs> so we don't know what they're saying, but it has the inflection of maybe profanity a couple times in some alien language. So those are your four clues. If you can figure out what movie we're talking about, uh, you know, get to us uh, at Massive Late Fee on Twitter or at uh, Massive Late Mike on Twitter and tell us. And the first one will be first on the list for uh, a prize to be determined. Mike. will be the reigning champ. Yeah, exactly. So, now, before we get on to our main topic of the night, we have a promo. And this time, I actually did my research, and I know who the promo's for. This is How I Met Your Friends. Uh, We've promoted them before, but I love their show. Uh, My wife was a big fan of Friends. I always thought it was okay. Um, But I like How I Met Your Mother, and my wife's a big fan of that show as well. So, here, without further ado, is a promo for How I Met Your Friends. Do you watch Friends? Do you watch How I Met Your Mother? Then Then you you should should listen listen to How I Met Your Friends. Hi, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Julie, and we are the ladies behind How I Met Your Friends, the podcast that explores the similarities and theories of Friends and How I Met Your Mother. Every week, we watch an episode from each show and dive deep into the crossovers and catchphrases. So if you've ever noticed the similarities between these fantastic shows, come check out our podcast. You can reach us on social media at How I Met Your Friends Pod or email How I Met Your Friends Pod at gmail.com. And that was How I Met Your Friends. Take a listen to them. They are uh, fantastic. One of my favorites on the network. Um, but I love all the podcasts on the network equally, uh, just like they were my children, even though uh, that's probably not true. But... <laughs> um, But How I Met Your Friends is a fantastic podcast. So, today, we are at the penultimate episode of Good Omens. Uh, Things get pretty intense, Mike. Uh, Especially right off the bat. What did you think first? What did you think overall of this episode? I really, really enjoyed this episode. It was uh, my favorite, possibly of the entire series, since I've seen them all. But it was just fun, the whole episode. Yeah, absolutely, and and we get a little we get a little glimmer of hope uh, towards the end of the episode. Uh, so the episode starts out where uh, Aziraphale is dead, or well, not dead, but he's he's in heaven, and um, he's you know been forced through the gate, and he's talking to some sort of like military sergeant, basically saying you know it's time for war and everything, and he says. He says, you know, you were issued, and he thought he was going to say with his sword. And he's like, a flaming sword, I know. Um, I think he says something like she was just having such a bad day <laughs> or something. <laughs> Talking about Eve. Um, but, uh, you know, he corrects him and says, no, you were you were issued with a body. Where's the body? And he said, oh, I, you know, I didn't really prepare for this. So the body is dematerialized, or, or what's he say, uh, de... Um, not decomposed, but uh, I can't remember the, the word they use. Um, but it's gone. It, it was destroyed in the the passage over, and he needs to get. He wants to get back down to earth because he still wants to try to stop this thing. He doesn't want to fight. He's not a fighter, so he goes to the big you know earth spinning around there and uh, figures out how he can get back, and basically says. You know, because he says, what are you going to do without a body? 
you know, you can't possess people. And he's like, well, demons can. You know, why can't, you know, we or whatever. So he goes down to Earth and he appears to Crowley. Uh, and Crowley can see him, obviously, because he's also, um, you know, a supernatural being. And Crowley's gone to the the bookstore and sees it's on fire. He thinks that Aziraphale is dead. Uh, he, it's so like, it's funny how, how touching it kind of is, too. Because, you know, he's like, oh, I lost my best friend and everything. And he's he's clearly upset and he goes to the bar to drink. And that's where Aziraphale appears to him. And Crowley had happened to to pick up the one book that he needs from the bookstore. And he's got all the notes and it as to where Adam is and, and how to get to him and everything. Um, I thought this was a really, uh, like I said, it's it's. I, it's endearing how well it's written in the fact that it's funny, but also kind of like, you know, hits you emotionally too a little bit with with the the relationship that the two of them have built up. Did you find that too, Mike? Yeah, it's uh, really it's really well done. Uh, the You know, everything that leads up to this episode, it's just, you know, it's just... It's it's very well written. I mean, the entire thing. You know, it's just it's not too. It's like the perfect link for a series, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So he tell you know Aziraphale tells him what to do, and Crowley gets in his car and and starts heading you know for uh, Haddonfield so that he can try to forestall the end of days. And Aziraphale goes looking for a body that he can inhabit. Uh, then we go back to Adam. Uh, kind of keeping his friends uh, still, you know, in place. He's levitating. His eyes are, you know, creepily, like like two red stones just burning in his face. Right. I'll tell you, they... I- I'm sure the budget on this is not huge. Uh, certainly nowhere near what a movie would be or anything like that. But they... Whatever money that they spent on this was spent well. Uh, because even though it's like a simple thing, the uh, you know the special effects. There are a few special effects that are maybe a little wonky, but you know, the special effects when it comes to the the demon eyes and stuff like that are are outstanding, and they really add uh, something to it. I think. And Adam is just like <laughs> incredibly creepy and, and everything, and he you know he makes his friend smile. He's talking about the four horsemen. The four horsemen are gathering together. This is like, obviously, things are really ramping up now. So it's it's a lot of quick cuts. Uh, the pace of the episode is really ramped up. So a lot of things are kind of happening at once. We get the the four horsemen sort of meeting together at a cafe so they can get on their motorcycles and, and ride together. Um, we've got Adam, you know, kind of torturing his friends. And then eventually he lets them talk. And he says, you know, I'll give you different parts of the world. You know, I'll give you America. I'll give you Russia and Asia. I'll give you um, Africa and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And they're basically like, we don't don't want it. We just want to stay here. This is where our family is. This is where our friends are. We don't like you anymore. We don't want to be friends with you anymore. He releases them, I think, kind of realizing that by keeping them captive, they're without a choice to want to be with him and to be friends with him, that it doesn't mean anything to him anymore. So, you know, he lets the, he kind of releases them and they start walking away, basically saying, we don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> you know, like, like kids would do. And right. 
he um you know he gets all pissed off the dog doesn't even want to be with him anymore the hellhound starts leaving that was the biggest surprise to me i'm like wow even the hellhound doesn't want to be around him uh but then he uh he sort of cries out to the sky uh you know i i feel like because there's all these voices whispering basically telling him you don't need him you have us do this do that like kind of commanding him from from hell and I feel like his screaming is basically just screaming all the voices away. Uh, and then he kind of collapses to the ground. They go to see if he's okay. Although they, they do have a cricket bat just in case. <laughs> That's raised, ready to, uh, to strike. And uh, he basically seems to come back to normal and says, you know, that he, he apologizes and, and says that, you know, what's going, you know, what's going, kind of what's going on. And he, you know, he basically says it's, you know, it's the end of the world and only we can, can stop it. Um, so it seems like Adam's now on board with, with stopping Armageddon, which gets me to kind of think that maybe it won't end in the end of the world somehow. Uh, what do you, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, my favorite, some of my favorite, uh, parts of this whole series is just, uh, Crowley and his, uh, Bentley just completely on fire and just having the time of his life. Yeah, that's great too because the he one of the evil things that he did do is he reconfigured the what are they called the M twenty four or something? It's it's a yeah, something like that. It's I, like I, a highway that surrounds London. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, with all the things that are accurate in this in this book and and in this movie. I'm gonna guess it is. I don't. I don't know the the roadway system in London very well. Right. Yeah, but, but it's another. It's another great joke about you know like how like the demons really just like in a lot of ways just provide minor inconveniences like the highway and traffic. You know that's. I mean, if you know, uh, demons and angels were real, you know that would certainly be in the purvey of the demons. You know, traffic. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Um, they uh, like he he reconfigures it to be like this ancient evil sigil. And basically saying, you know, everyone that goes on, it'll be like slowly tracing this evil sigil. And so uh, when Adam starts coming to power, you know, they all kind of stand up, the people stuck in this traffic jam on this freeway. And they say, you know, like, uh, the Dark Lord's come, welcome the Dark Lord, or something like that. And it all catches on fire. The whole thing is on on fire. And Haddonfield is outside of... um, London, so no one's able to get in or out because the entire roadway's on fire. So uh, that demon that he trapped in the in the answering machine, he gets out because a telemarketer calls. Which right. another uh, demonic uh, <laughs> yeah realm. exactly, which is also funny. So he he comes out and he's able to uh, rematerialize. And then he shows up in Crowley's car, which is I think is is a funny thing too because, um, you know, it seems like they can materialize and dematerialize wherever they want to, but they can't get around this fire somehow. I don't I don't know if it's because it's the sigil. That's my guess is that it yeah, the I'm not, power really, of it keeps them in. They don't really go super deep into the mythology, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. So Crowley basically just says, well, we're going, you know, we're going through it. And, you know, the other demon gets, he's like, oh, we're never going to make it. We're going to, you know, catch on fire. Don't do this. 
and everything, and he drives through, and, and the voice of God, Francis McDormand, uh, basically says that, you know, he has, like, Crowley has something that no other demon has, which is imagination, and he's basically imagining that his Bentley is fine, and that he's fine, and that, <laughs> and that it's not on fire. So the power of imagination is what, which I think is, is kind of endearing and also funny, from a writer that the power of imagination is what uh what powers him through this but the you know the other demon uh you know gets torched and uh Crowley just drives up it, you know and drives through it, it and drives into Haddonfield in this flaming Bentley which is yeah. another thing too that the effects on that are really good like you can't oh yeah they don't look that fake at all and he just couldn't be happier in the, the burning car either, which just makes me crack up all the time. Yeah. So he runs into this uh, nosy neighbor guy, mm-hmm. and who like who like is like doing his best to you know not you know look like you know put out or like you know perturb that there's a car that's on fire like five feet away from him. Right. And it's kind of funny they have like you know what he actually wants to say like that kind of like scene you know cut that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. basically he just politely gives Crowley instructions to the Air Force base. Yeah, so they're all going to the Air Force Base. The four horsemen are going there. Everyone's converging there. Uh, Anathema, I can never pronounce that name right, um, but her and uh, Pulsiver are going there as well because they, you know, Agnes Nutter's prophecies kind of lead them there. And so they, they're going there. Uh, Adam and his the, those kids are going there. Uh, Crowley and Aziraphale are going there. And um, the four horsemen are going there. So uh, Aziraphale, the the, um, the woman that's sort of the psychic medium in the little apartment where where the witch finder is, the prostitute is, and the and the psychic or medium or whatever is, she's giving a reading to some people. So she's open to receiving, even though she's clearly like a charlatan. But, so is the uh, prostitute. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, he in- inhabits her body and is using her, her body to, uh, to kind of go there. Um, and so they all meet up there, basically. And, uh, you know, Adam and, and his friends, you know, go in there. And Adam basically just, you know, makes all the, the people go to sleep. Um, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are going to cause a nuclear, you know, holocaust, basically. And they, they've they hacked into the computer system, and they've got all the nuclear weapons ready to go. They've got, um, you know, they're, they're all ready, and they're just waiting for, you know, Adam to show up. And uh, the episode ends with Adam showing up and basically just saying to everybody, uh, you know, saying to them, I'm here. And death says, you know, he's here now. The apocalypse can begin, kind of thing. And that's uh, it's a very cliffhangery thing. I, I I knew it was going to be like that. And that's uh, kind of where the episode ends. And you know, that's where we'll pick up next week. Uh, I assume it'll be kind of like right after that, uh, like you know, cause sort of a, a immediate pickup thing. That's that's my guess. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but uh, yeah, very exciting episode. Uh, like I said. There's a lot of kind of emotion uh, with the, you know, the two main characters and everything that, that kind of go into it. It's fun how uh, Crowley and Aziraphale are still the main characters 
And, you know, we're definitely the main focus of most of the early episodes. Uh, but as it's gone on, uh, you know, obviously Adam's become more important and become a little more central. We get a lot with uh, Pulsifer and uh, Athema. Um, and, you know, I like kind of how they, they're still developing all the characters. We even get some development from from death and, and famine and pollution and, and uh, what's the other one? Death, famine, pollution, and... Oh, jeez. Uh, death, famine, pollution, and war. Yeah, war. That's right. Um, but we even get a little bit of of kind of um, development from those characters. We cl- we see clearly that death is the leader of the, the four horsemen. We also, I, I, I was asking during the, during the episode to my wife, my wife and I are watching it, and I said, you know, I said, do you think they're they're from hell? Um, you know, or are they from heaven? Or are they just, like, independent? Basically, I, th- I don't even think I raised the possibility of them being from heaven. I think I said, do you think they're from hell? Or do you think they're just completely independent uh, beings that this is just kind of like their job? And they answer that question in the episode. They, uh, you know, they, I think it's death that basically says... You know, we're not we're not heaven or hell or, you know, in between or, or whatever. Um, and I thought that was like that was satisfying too. the little attention to details of that stuff, I think, is uh, is really uh, good, too. I really, really like a lot of Neil Gaiman's writing and and I like I like this very much. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I really enjoyed this episode and the ones before it. It's a really good show, and I'm really excited to see or pretend to see that I haven't already seen the last episode. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that is our show for today. Uh, Tune in next week for the conclusion of Good Omens. It's definitely going to be exciting, I'm sure. Uh, As always, you know, look for us uh, at Massive Late Fee. At Late Fee Mike, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Massive Late Fee, all over the place, Massive Late Fee. Uh, and again, you know, uh, decipher those clues, see if you can figure it out, and um, and message us. First person to message us with with the right movie, uh, you know, is uh, is the winner. Reigning uh, champion. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, that is all for us. Uh, you know, tell some friends, rate and subscribe. Check out Retro Late Fee. Do do all the stuff that you do to uh, you know to keep us going, and we will see you next week. Bye. See you next time.